Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. Well, hello. How are we doing? Awesome. So good to see you guys here. How many of you are, uh, this is the first weekend of spring break for your family? Yeah, awesome. Us too. We're going to be traveling this week. So if you happen to call or text or email me or Facebook me, um, just know that I'm going to be spending some family time with my family and I'm not ignoring you. Actually, I am ignoring you. But it's, it's for a good reason. It's for a good reason. So, so I still love you, but I will be harder to get in touch with this next week. Okay? But then the next week, you know, just call in the middle of the night. Don't, please. Don't do it. Hey, I want to let you know, um, Discover VFC is this afternoon at 5 o'clock. How many of you have been through Discover VFC before? Yeah? So what this is, we do this once a month. It's like it's like a, a kind of a get-to-know VFC class, right? So you can have any questions you might have answered. Why do we exist? What do we believe? You just, and, and honestly, if you've been, the people who attend kind of get to direct, um, you know, where we go in our conversation. And so it's a good opportunity for you. If you're thinking about potentially partnering with us, joining the church, um, this is the one hoop we ask you to jump through is that you go to this class so you know uh, who, who you're linking up with, right? It just makes sense. Uh, but you don't have to want to join or be a partner in order to come. You can just come and learn more about it. You can already be a partner and just never been. I encourage you to come. So uh, that's today at 5 o'clock, Discover VFC. Um, we've also, we've been taking this month and I've been sharing with you in little pieces about our impact initiative. If you don't know, the impact initiative is uh, our plan for making room for more. And so we have two services here. Um, we love to, at least for a season, go back to one service in a bigger sanctuary. We also want to make room for children. We want to make room for youth. We, so we've got plans for this. And so we've been praying about it. We've been asking uh, you guys to help us pay off the existing debt that we have so that we can move forward with this. Um, and so I've, I've shown you there's a big uh, poster a sign out in the lawn out there where we're planning on building. Here's another image from another angle just to kind of show how the existing building uh, ties into the new one. Uh, now, someone asked me, will there still be doors on the existing building? Because there aren't doors in this picture. <laughs> yes. By fire code alone, we will have to have doors. The architect just didn't put doors in there, okay? Um, but that just kind of shows how this, you know, how this uh, building would work. Here's the plan. We've got a little bit less than $150,000 in debt left. We've been praying that we would be able to pay, this, pay that off by the end of this month. That means today is the last day to give towards this debt reduction. If you've been waiting to the last minute, this is the last minute. Okay, and it's my hope, my prayer that in the next week or so, we'll be able to come back to you guys and say, 
we paid it off, okay? Uh, and then we're free, no debt, uh, and then we're free to say, okay, Lord, what's next for us? And, and, and as far as the timing and all that goes. So we're excited about this. We believe it's the Lord. So please pray about it. If you haven't prayed yet, please pray now. And Because, and, look, here's how this works. This works by everyone doing something, not a few people doing everything. So it, it's going to take, you say, well, I don't have much. Cool. Something. Just something. That's the way that we get this done. It's not about brick and mortar. It's about souls. We know we're called to affect the kingdom of darkness in this area by shining the light of God. And so we want to be able to do that even better. Amen? Amen. All right. Now, this morning, we're finishing up our Punched in the Faith series. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. I've just enjoyed saying Punched in the Faith. Um, because I, I, like I, I shared with you guys the first week or so, I hear Mike Tyson in my head uh, every single time. Uh, Tim hears Daffy Duck, I think is what he said. But, but, <laughs> but being punched in the faith is when disappointment, doubt, or discouragement affects you so deeply that it shakes your faith in God. And you've probably experienced this. You've probably gone through disappointments and discouragements, and you just kind of shook it off. But there may be other times in your life where you went through stuff and it was so deep, the pain was so deep that it really, it it shook your faith. It shook you to your core. And and so what we want to do is we want to talk about this. And and we've been discussing about how to make sure that when we go through these doubts, these disappointments and these discouragements, that it doesn't affect our faith. We talked about disappointment. Uh, We talked about doubt. We talked about getting a faith lift. Last week, we talked about the fact that our faith, whenever you're having doubts, you should know that our faith is a reasonable faith. It's reasonable to believe in God. It's reasonable to believe that Jesus is that God. How many of you, did anyone get lost in YouTube last week searching on a couple people, okay, Uh, uh, searching about like the existence of God? Yeah, so I encourage you, hey, let's use our brain when it comes to our faith. Our faith is not a blind faith, it's a reasonable faith. Um, And so I want to finish up this series this morning. We're going to talk about discouragement. We're going to talk about discouragement. Now, when I started to prepare, I was kind of like, well, gosh, what's the difference between disappointment and discouragement? So I want to define discouragement for you this morning. Discouragement is when you've lost your confidence and resolve. Hope begins to fade and inaction sets in. Discouragement is when you've lost your confidence. I'm just not so sure I can do this anymore. When you've lost your resolve, I don't think I can, I can finish this task. I don't, I don't think I can make it to the end. Your hope begins to fade. I, I'm just hopeless in this situation. I haven't seen the breakthrough that I'm waiting on. And then inaction sets in. Inaction. Stopping. Quitting. That is the goal of discouragement. Now, discouragement happens in process. In other words, it happens in the middle of a work. It happens in the middle of a task. You know, before the task begins, you're excited. After the task is over and completed, you're excited or relieved or whatever. But in the middle of it is when discouragement can come in. And, and that discour- those discouraging thoughts begin to talk to you. Say, you're not going to make it. This is not going to work. What are you doing? I can't believe you signed up to do this. I can't believe you thought you would ever be able to finish this. And we get stuck. 
Discouragement is a tool of the enemy that seeks to change your activity. The goal of discouragement is to make you quit. To make you slow down. To make you think that it's not going to work out. Discouragement is disappointment internalized. Now remember, disappointment is when what you hope for isn't what happens. When, when your expectations don't match your reality. So we go through a disappointment and we're like, man, I'm really disappointed about this. But then we shake it off and we continue on. That's disappointment. Discouragement is when you don't shake off the disappointment. And you internalize it. And you put it to work in your head. And then you become discouraged. And you want to quit and you want to give up. I want to share some things that cause discouragement in our lives. Um, because, you know, and this is not an exhaustive list. This is just some of the things that, that I've seen that, that can cause us to be discouraged. Maybe you can relate with some of these. When things are more difficult than you thought. You get involved and you're in the middle of something and you thought it would be one thing. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is going to be a lot harder than I thought. Boom, you are now vulnerable to discouragement. Um, I'll tell you a funny story. Tiff and I were talking about this. And this is a silly example. But I, I was trying to close the blinds in our bedroom one, one day. And I pulled too hard and I just snapped the entire thing in half. Because evidently I'm the Hulk. I'm like, hey, no big deal. Blinds aren't that expensive. We'll get, go get some new ones. And so we measured the window. Now, we live in an, in an older house, and, like, everything is custom size. Like, you can't just buy something from Lowe's and just pop it in there. No, that would be way too easy. And since I'm so incredibly handy, <laughs> I have to get out the tape measure. I have to get out, I mean, I start measuring stuff, start figuring out stuff. And so we measure. It's a really weird size for a window. So I go down to Lowe's. I'm like, I think this one will work. It's adjustable. You know, we can, it doesn't work. And so in the meantime, we have like Sanford and Son, we have like the sheet that we put over. Guys, I hate to tell you this. We kept getting so discouraged. We kept trying to fix this and nothing worked. That sheet stayed over our window for like three months. Just because we, I mean, we, and we like gave up and finally Tiff was like, we're going to make this happen. And so we're, we're, we finally found some blinds that worked and we're working and, and we realized we don't have the proper tool. My dad has the tool. And so I'm calling dad and we almost quit right then, but we're like, this is ridiculous. We finally, I'm, I'm happy to report to you that we did get the blinds replaced in our bedroom. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus Christ because that it, it, it was so, we just got, I mean, it was a silly thing, but we got discouraged, right? And, and we, we began to quit. There was a delay. You know, maybe, maybe it's school. Maybe you're discouraged because school is taking longer and you aren't making the grades you thought. And maybe it's your job. Maybe you, you thought this was God's job for you, but there's someone there that's just constantly giving you a hard time and, and you don't get along with your boss and the work is harder than you thought it was. Or, or maybe it's your marriage. Maybe y'all were so in love, and man, this is going to be great. We're going to show everyone else how to be married. <laughs> you give it a couple years, next thing you know, why are we fighting all the time? And it's just so difficult. It's more difficult than we expected. 
Here's another reason. When things take longer than expected. You know, you, you think, you're, I'm going to do this, we're, this is going to happen, and it just takes so much longer than you expect. You expect this just to be normal. You know, Tiff, Tiff and I went through a, a really difficult time. We'd had Ethan. Our oldest son, Ethan, was born, and we thought, okay, cool. We're going to continue on having kids, and it didn't work that way for us. We went through a season where we had multiple miscarriages. We went through a season of infertility. And, and we, we got really discouraged. I mean, it didn't make any sense because, uh, you know, getting pregnant with our first, it just, it just happened. And then when we began to try to continue that, it, it didn't happen. And nothing had changed on our end. We, it just it wasn't working. And we, were, we just got so, it took so much longer than we expected. We had expectations of how far apart our children would be, y'all probably. And, and then all of a sudden, God's like, no. And, and it, it just, it just discouraged us. The disappointment moved into discouragement. And some of you have been through similar things and even worse things. And, and so when things take longer than we originally expected, we can be discouraged. Here's another one. It's a big one. You get discouraged when you're listening to criticism or comparison. When you're listening to criticism or comparison. Criticism is external disapproval. When someone from the outside disapproves and is criticizing you. Comparison is internal disapproval. Where you're looking from the inside out at other people's lives and you judge yourself not as good. And so criticism and comparison will bring about discouragement in your life. And you know, we've been through this. When a critic... By the way, the people who criticize you the most have the most issues themselves. I'm telling you, I have learned through trial and error, the people who are the most judgmental about your sin are the ones dealing with their own secret sin. Guarantee you, every single time. When someone is on me and is critical of me, it's not because I'm not saying I'm perfect, I do mess up, but I'm just saying I know that it's not about me. It's about them. It's about them. And, and it's crazy. The enemy will use discouragement to try to get us to quit. I'll never forget. Uh, we, this was a, a few years back. Um, there's someone not in the church in the community that was mad at us. And they just, they just sent off this text. It was right in between. It was perfectly timed by the enemy to try to get me to be discouraged. It was, I'm very vulnerable after uh, Sundays when I teach because I'm tired. You know, when you're tired, when you're fatigued, Right. And so we'd had this awesome church service. People had gotten saved. People had gotten healed. It was great. And then that night, I had this really big community event where I was speaking. And so, you know, I was kind of like, okay, I want to do this right, you know. And all of a sudden, I get this text that was basically saying, hey, you have no right to be a minister. (laughs) It was ridiculous. And I showed it to Tiff, and we were laughing. We were literally laughing. It was so obvious, the enemy. It was so obviously the devil that was after us. Because he was trying to discourage us. He was trying to use criticism to get us to stop. And guess what? We didn't stop. Because, because the enemy does not determine what I do. And comparison is the same way. You may not have criticism coming from outside. But look, you look at other people's lives and you begin to compare. And the next thing you know, you're walking in discouragement. Comparison is the thief of joy. 
Look, if I can just be honest with you guys, I like social media. I like keeping up with people. But, but there's, this, there's this problem of comparison that happens when you're on these social media sites and everyone. Look, let me just, can, can I be honest with you? Okay. Let me explain to you about Facebook. <clears throat> Facebook is a public place. It's public. And so, so people present themselves in the best way because it's a public place. Just like, you know, you, well, most of you don't show up to Walmart in your pajamas. A few of you. But most of you. Right? If you're going out to dinner, you, you know, you, you put on decent clothes. You know, you might have maybe even had a shower that day. Right? You, you spruce up. But why? Because you're going out in public. Facebook is public, so people present their best. You can't judge people's best and, and look at your worst. Because, see, you know all the mess that you are inside your head, right? And you look and you say, wow, their children have no problems. Well, you didn't, they didn't post about the fight they just had. They posted the picture. You know, you, well, someone, wow, that's just really good spiritual advice that someone just put on Facebook. Yeah, well, they didn't post every time they didn't receive anything. And so it's unfair to compare your life to someone else's. I've heard it put this way. Don't compare your day-to-day life with someone else's highlight reel. It just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. And it's, 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 it's going to steal your joy and it's going to provide an opportunity for discouragement to come in. So don't listen to the criticism. Don't listen to the comparison. God has raised up fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters who can speak into your life in love. But don't buy into criticism and comparison because it will cause discouragement. So I want us to learn how to defy discouragement. Now, I'll talk about the word defy in a little bit. But guys, here's the thing about discouragement. Discouragement is a bully. You can't ignore it for it to go away. Those of you that were bullied growing up, you know that you can't. The only way to defeat a bully is to stand up to him. And and so I've taught my children, they know. We, hey, we, we try to avoid all confrontations, violent confrontations, fights, words. We don't respond in that way. But if someone hits you, you need to win that fight. Because you can't, and I, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting violence, but I need you to understand. You cannot reason with a bully. You have to stand up to it. So th- this, this is how you stand up to discouragement. First of all, you fess up. Fess up. James 5, 16 says, Confess to one another, therefore, your faults, and pray for one another that you might be healed. Now, in some of your translations here, it says, Confess to one another your sins. Okay, You need to understand something. In the Greek language that the New Testament is written in, this word that's translated sin in some of your Bibles, faults is by far the best translation. This is not a word that's typically translated sins, transgressions, or iniquities. Those are the three types of sins, Scripture, that this word used for faults is neither, is none of those three words. Okay? It's a separate word. It means faults. As a matter of fact, the Amplified says, confess your faults, your slips, your false steps, and your offenses. So it's your mistakes. It's when you didn't get it right. 
it's, it's not talking about a, a deep mortal sin, right? Uh, it's, it's talking about your mistakes. It says, confess these. Look, be honest about where you are. If you're in a season of discouragement right now, you can't solve a problem that you're unwilling to admit is there. You have to admit, hey, go to a trusted friend or mentor and say, hey, I'm discouraged. I'm struggling. Look, you're not alone. There, there are people who are going through all sorts of discouragements right now. And you're not alone. And sometimes one of the enemy's tools is isolation. He wants to get us isolated thinking that we're the only one going through something. And you're not. You're not. So fess up. Confess what's going on in your life. Say, hey, look, God is good. I'm not going anywhere, but I'm struggling. It's okay. The next thing we have to do besides fess up is we need to look up. We need to look up. Now, we see all throughout Scripture where people are going through discouraging times and they begin to look up and they get God's perspective on the situation. In Judges 6, 12, um, Gideon, uh, the Midianites, uh, there's just tons of these Midianites. They've surrounded all of Israel. It looks really, really, really bad. And Gideon is actually hiding. He's threshing wheat and, and he's actually hiding um, to, to try to you know, hide from the Midianites so no one will see him. An angel of the Lord shows up and says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior, mighty man of valor. Well, that wasn't completely true, was it? Gideon wasn't being a mighty man of valor. He wasn't being a valiant, strong warrior. He was hiding. He, was hiding. he wasn't even planning on attacking the enemy. He was just trying to survive underneath the radar. See, but when you meet with God, you get God's perspective on who you are. You get God's perspective on what you are to do. For Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, David uh, had been off with his, with his army. They come back to where they live, and their wives and their children are all gone, and their houses are all burned up. The whole city's been ransacked while they were out, and they were just beside themselves. They, they were just so distraught, and then they turn on David, and they're actually talking about stoning him. You know, you took us into this war, and our families have paid the price. I mean, they're just, just, they just turn on him. Scripture says David strengthened himself in the Lord. He didn't run from God. He ran to God. In his discouragement, he rallies the troops. He says, Hey, we're going to get him back. They go, they chase down the captors. They get not a single wife or child was harmed, and they, they get it all back. And so, but he strengthened himself in the Lord. He went to God during a time of discouragement. Jonah, chapter 2, verse 7, he's talking about when he was in the belly of the whale. And he says this He says, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. When my soul fainted. I mean, I love that descriptive language. You ever feel like your soul is just fainting, like passing out? I'm just, I'm done. He's just this discouraged. He goes, but when that happened, I looked. I remembered the Lord. Nehemiah, chapter 4, verse 14. Nehemiah is trying to rebuild the wall. It's all torn down. There's no point. They need to rebuild the city, but there's no point in rebuilding the city until they rebuild the wall. 
Otherwise, people can get in. And so he, they're trying to get this thing done. And the people are complaining. It's hard work. They're being attacked. They're being intimidated by, by rival cities. Listen to what Nehemiah says. He says, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious. And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. It's like some Braveheart stuff right there. I love it. He's like, look, don't be afraid. Remember, remember God. Come on, look up. Look up. Don't look down. Look up. See, that's the enemy's, you know, we, we talk about being downcast or being or having our, our face falls, right, because we look down. No, no, no. We need to look up. We need to look up, and we need to seek the Lord when we're going through these discouragements. So we don't just only fess up. We look up, and we also need to get up. We need to get up. Hebrews chapter 10 Verse 36 says, For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. One translation says, Patient endurance. Look, don't give up. You're going through a hard season. You're going through a time of discouragement. What you expected to happen isn't happening, and it's beginning to, 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 to form your identity. Look, don't give up. You know what I do when I just don't feel the leading of the Lord? And I just, I mean, because I know, well, Jamie's a pastor, so he always hears God clearly. He always knows what to do. He's always confident in his decisions. No. You know what I do when I just don't feel that strong leading of the Lord? I go back to the last thing I know he told me to do, and I keep doing that. And you may be in that season where you're like, I just don't know. I'm not sure. What was the last thing you know God told you to do? Keep doing that. Until you receive further instruction, keep doing that. Come on, get up. You have a job to do. James chapter 4, verse 7 says, Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. See, we like the resisting the devil part. I'm going to resist the devil. I'm going to say no to the devil. Yeah, but how does that start? Submit to God. You don't just say no to the devil. You say yes to God. The two go together. You can't choose one and not the other. So you have a job to do. Come on, get up. Get to work. I don't feel like it. Do it anyway. But what if it doesn't just, just, work, just do what God has called you to do. Stay the course. Don't let discouragement intimidate you. I love this quote. This is so good. It's by a pastor named Craig Groeschel. He says, successful people do consistently what normal people do occasionally. Isn't that so good? Well, Lord, I tried it once. Lord, I prayed that one time. (laughs) No, it's about consistency. Come on, get up. Get up. We don't just fess up, look up, or get up, but we need to change it up sometimes, you guys. When, When you're walking into discouragement, when you're dealing with discouragement, it's time to change things up. It's time to make a change. Try it a different way. Seek instruction. I love this, this, this passage in Acts chapter 16 because it, it shows a time 
when the apostle Paul is trying to spread the gospel, he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, but it's just not working. And he needs to change up what he's doing. So check this out. They passed through the Phrygian and Galatian region, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Verse 7, after they came to Mysia, they were trying to go into the Bithynia, and the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. Okay, what's going on? They're traveling, so they tried to go to here. Look, that's just words on paper. This is days and weeks of travel. He's trying to go to a certain area. It's not working. Holy Spirit's like, not here. Okay, then where? We'll just keep going. Not here. Okay, we'll just keep going. Don't you know supplies are running out? Don't you know frustration is setting in? Verse 8, passing down Mysia, they came to Troas. A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. When he saw the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Look, (laughs) he's trying. He's going to these different cities. Nothing's working. And and evidently, Holy Spirit's like, not here, not here. Then where? Finally, he has this dream, and they have to travel to Macedonia, which is a far way off. But they change it up, and then all of a sudden, God begins to move. People begin to receive the message of Jesus Christ again. Look, some of you, you're in a season of discouragement. You just need to change things up. You just need to try to go. You don't stop what you're doing, but you might need to reorganize how you're doing it. You know, reorganization is a big thing right now. Have you all seen the Marie Kondo the, uh, the uh, what's it called, Tidying Up? It's like a TV show. There's a book. So what, this is an Asian lady, and what she does is she comes into people's homes, and she helps them clean up their house. And, and she has them take, like, all their clothes out of the closet and throw it in the middle of a room or put it on a bed and sort through each one. And, and, and she has them ask themselves, does this spark joy? I don't know that any shirt I've ever earned has ever sparked joy in my life, but... If the answer is yes, then you save it. If the answer is no, then you thank it. Thank you so much for your time, Mr. Shirt. You put it in the discard pile. Now, I know that's a little odd talking to your clothes. Usually when I talk to my clothes, it's, why are you so small? (laughs) Didn't used to be like this. But some of us, the change up we need to do is actually a clean up. Some of you have some friends that you need to say, you do not spark joy, bye-bye. Some of you have some media consumption. Ooh, you got quiet. (laughs) Stuff you're watching, listening to, taking in. It does not spark joy in your life. It's bringing you into a season of discouragement. I can't hear God. Well, if you binged him like you binged Netflix, you might. I mean, come on. You know, we've got to change things up. You can't do the same thing over and over and expect different results. We've got to clean up. We've got to shape up. We've got to change up. Shake it up. We've got to do all of these things. Look, remove the negative voices in your life. Some of you have relationships, these, these critics that are always coming against you. And here's how you know it's gone too far. You always hear their voice in your head. 
When you're doing something, you're thinking about what they would think about it. They weaseled their way into your mind. And you need to tell them, you don't spark joy. Fold them up and put them in the discard pile. Now, we still love people, but it's not your responsibility to minister to them. They've broken that, that ability for you. Someone, God, God loves them too. He'll take care of them. But as far as you're concerned, they can't have a voice in your life anymore. Y'all hear me? There's some people that you need, you just need to dismiss. You need to revoke their right to speak into your life. They're, 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 they are the reason you're walking in discouragement. Let me share this last thing with you. I, I, I said I want you to defy discouragement. Uh, defy means to openly resist and to refuse to obey. To openly resist. No. That's not like a hide somewhere and say no. No, it's like no. That's defiance. To openly resist and to refuse to obey. I, I can't think of a better story in scripture than when David confronted Goliath. You know, the, the, the Philistines and the Israelites, there was like this, this line, this no man's land, the line of scrimmage, where they were about to fight, right? And, and the Israelites were totally, absolutely discouraged, and they had stopped fighting because a big giant named Goliath was walking up to no man's land, pointing to them and saying, someone fight me. I mean, this guy was huge. And they're like, oh, I don't know about this. David, a young man. I mean, he was probably just barely 18, 19. He was very young. He, he sees the situation differently. He says, hey, you're not going to discourage me, man. I'm going to defy you. I'm not, this is not how this is going to go down. Look at what David, he walks up to the line. They're they're, They're within talking distance, right? Listen to what David says to him. David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. Woo! And this day, he keeps going, I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly will know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. If that weren't enough, the ultimate trash talk that just happened, he backed it up. This is little David Big Goliath. Look what David does. So it was when the Philistine arose and came to draw near. So he's beginning to walk over. Okay, little pipsqueak. David hurried and ran towards the enemy to meet the... He's, he's running. He's running. He's like, I defy you to stand up against the armies of God. Come on, church. Some of you need to defy your discouragement. You need to quit this... Some people, some thoughts, some circumstances have made you quit. Stop it. Stop it. Come on, fess up. You're dealing with discouragement. Look up. God is your source. Come on. Get up. Get to work. Start doing the last thing you know God told you to do.
and then change it up. Change it up. Do something different. Defy that discouragement. Look, don't get punched in the faith, you guys. Look, life is going to happen. It's not always going to be rainbows and puppy dogs and unicorns. It's not. But don't get punched in the faith. Punch back. Come on. You can do it. You're worth more. You are needed in God's plan for this city, for this community, for your family. Come on. Defy discouragement in your life. Amen? Let's stand for prayer. My question this morning is, are you defying discouragement? Or have you allowed yourself to be benched? Have you believed the lie? God has better things for you. But it's up to you to respond. If you will close your eyes. Ask the Holy Spirit. We always do this. We always want to ask him. We want to internalize the word. Ask the Holy Spirit in your own words. Am I defying my discouragement? Is there someone or something that's made me sit out? Am I just taking an unnecessary break? Am I absent without leave? Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want to lead you in a prayer where we commit to the Lord that we're not going to let discouragement win. We're going to defy discouragement. If you will, pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you have a calling and a destiny over my life. I refuse to be discouraged. So right now, I fess up. I deal with this. And I need your help. I look up. I look to you, God. You are my source. I get up. I'm not going to let discouragement keep me from serving. And then I change it up. Give me wisdom on what I need to do differently so that I might overcome discouragement. And discouragement, the enemy's voice that speaks to me and tells me to quit, I defy you in the name of Jesus. You don't speak for me. Your words don't matter to me. What God says is what matters. I will not bow to you. I will not be discouraged. Father, I love you. Thank you for being good to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.